Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Barnhart. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts. Good to have you with us here this morning on this Tuesday. It is Election Day uh, in various parts of the uh, country. It's uh, not, you know, it never really shuts down completely, but uh, Election Day in this case, locally or in states such as Virginia, those are big ones. Uh, New Jersey has an election today, and uh, this is the first Tuesday in November, so this is when it typically happens. And so we'll cover that today along the way. Good to have you with us. Uh, We'll start off the show with Champaign City Councilman Tom Bruno. We have him on periodically. Always a great guest. A lot of good conversation. We'll update some things with him along the way. Uh, Joe Biden on climate change, scolding China and Russia. Virginia election today. We mentioned that. Joe Manchin throws a wrench in the Democrats' plan when it comes to the reconciliation bill. Supreme Court and the Texas abortion law. China trying to get to no COVID. They have no COVID policy. And a 40 under 40 in the News Gazette today with an article there. U of I with a new fundraising goal of $300 million. And the Rebounders had their first luncheon in uh, well over a year, almost two years, not quite two years, but about 300 people there for that yesterday. Enjoyed hearing from uh, Coach Brad Underwood at that event. Kofi, of course, to miss three games uh, from the NCAA in regards to some merchandise he sold after he had declared for the NBA draft and then, uh, of course, decided to come back before the NIL rules were put in place in July. So he will miss the first three games, Jackson State, Arkansas State, and at Marquette. He'll be available for the Hall of Fame Classic in Kansas City coming up later this month. And Iowa DeSumo, 14 last night for the Bulls and a win at Boston. So we'll get us started. We'll do an open line in the second hour. Tom Bruno will join us here in the first hour on a sunny and cold 30-degree day here on the 2nd of November. Back to get it started on Penny after this. All right, the sun is out. Leaves are changing. Crisp morning here at uh, 30 degrees. Windchill makes it feel like 28 as we uh, start penny for your thoughts here today, uh, tomorrow we'll have some folks in near the end of the show from the uh, CUTC, Champaign-Urbana Theater Company. We'll uh, talk with them in that uh, late in the second hour. Uh, Mike Namoff's going to pop on with us on Thursday. He's got an event supporting law enforcement that he's in charge of, so we'll talk to him about that. And we've got a uh, some news on an alliance between the University of Illinois and the Mayo Clinic, which is appropriate since we're going up to Minneapolis this weekend for Illinois and Minnesota. But uh, the first hour, as promised, he found our new studios finally. Tom Bruno. <laughs> good morning, Brian. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm <laughs> yeah. great. I'm great. Well, good to have you in here. Nice new digs you have here. Yes. Yeah. Different vantage point. Yeah. No great. no, uh, no traffic turning into Harvest Market. but uh, No, but you get to watch uh, nature out the window. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So how are you? I'm great. How are you? Yeah, good. I'm, everything's doing good. Yep. You know, it's kind of a 
depressing time of year when the you know uh, next week when we drive home in the dark from work and and the winter's setting in i'm not a real fan of autumn <laughs> that's why people go south right yeah to to live in florida and so forth but uh, no i start counting the days now to you know opening day in baseball probably <laughs> we got to get this season done first yeah. i haven't watched much of the world series i have you I have, have you yeah. been interesting it's, it's been interesting pleasant yeah. mm-hmm. yep astros uh, trying to come back yeah i don't want to see that happen yeah I, i'll hold a grudge for a long long time <laughs> it's kind of like bruce pearl you know it takes about 30 years to get that out of your system and the astros cheating uh, will go with me for a few decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of fans are having a hard time with that, so <laughs> probably rooting for Atlanta. Anyway, uh, today's a Tuesday, so that means the city council meeting tonight, right? City council tonight, yeah. first Tuesday of the month, so we'll have a township meeting followed by a city council meeting. Yeah. What's on the agenda, General? Do you know? Have you? Uh, uh, nothing jumped out at me as being particularly newsworthy, mm-hmm. but we're always, um, you never know. Mm-hmm. You never know. Well, uh, since we last talked, a lot of things have happened, of course, and unfortunately a lot of it tragic. We had two more shootings over the weekend. We had the incident on North Prospect, which we can talk about too. Sure. Um, yeah. Those just kind of stack on top of each other. They do, and it is uh, tragic, and it's, it's uh, wearing on all of us, and everybody would like to figure out a solution. Mm-hmm. Now, from what I understand, you were acquainted with – I was acquainted the, the with gentleman, the gentleman uh, that got shot on North Prospect, yeah. um, uh, I guess, uh, about the Saturday before Halloween or a week before Halloween, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so that incident, I mean, that reverberated with a lot of people because uh, it does. in you an know, area of town that you don't expect that, I guess. And, and it, uh, it differs in that a lot more of the community could see themselves as potentially being just like the victim. And and so that reaches a new level of anxiety. Um, the uh, and yet, of course, each and every one of the preceding shootings involved a real person and it was a real tragedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, when it moves into a different uh, part of town or a different demographic, it's uh, it's natural to be oh, have heightened. Uh, awareness you know there could be uh burglaries taking place on the other side of town but when your next door neighbor gets burglarized all of a sudden your eyes are wide open and the same unfortunately is true for shootings and they are also tragic and of course the one that uh where i was personally acquainted with the victim is uh, you can't uh, you can't separate that personal acquaintanceship Mm -hmm. from the degree of uh upset you have it's just horrible did we learn any more about kind of exactly what happened or i didn't no i didn't and for people to remind people of what was reported i guess so what what has been reported publicly so far is that he was driving near the intersection of prospect and is it old town Town center or town road town center or or market view i think town Mm. center and um and he was shot and beyond that, um, I don't know all the details, but uh, it's pretty apparent that he uh, was not involved in a life of violence. He was a clean-cut, great kid, and so um, pretty much a random. But but I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's important to emphasize. 
as they should, the police keep a lot of details to themselves. They don't tell the city manager. They don't tell the city council. They don't tell the family of the person who was injured. Uh, they keep a lot of the stuff close to the vest as they should. So I don't claim to have any inside knowledge. I don't have mm-hmm. it. Well, and the first reports came out, it said road rage is what somebody and, said. Is that and a- I will tell you that the mother of the young man who was shot uh, takes great exception with that terminology because I think I, I, you know, that it road rage seems to imply it takes two to tango, that it was a mutual thing. And the point I think that she was trying to emphasize in her appearances in the media and her comments to the newspaper were that this was not a it takes two to tango kind of situation. This was a normal human interaction in traffic followed by a gunshot. Hmm. 217-356-9397 is our number. Champaign City Councilman Tom Bruno with us here this morning. You can text us, 217-351-5357, and you can email us, talk at wdws.com. More recent shooting, one of the two occurred at Parkland Point, yes, which is literally just right across the street from Parkland. Yeah. Correct. And, you know, there's a whole other community of people. The, there, we have a lot of Parkland students who are from great distances away. Um, they, Parkland, while it's a community college, is not simply populated with Champaign-Urbana residents. So our community, just like the University of Illinois has been economic engine for our community for more than a century, Parkland College is a place where people come from two or 300 miles away to get an education. This will be damaging to Parkland College's ability to recruit and ability to maintain uh, goodwill about their school. This will be damaging to the Parkland Point apartment complex, even though they may have had nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. Every time something like this happens, it affects real people that had nothing to do with it. Tom Bruno is our guest. Uh, talk about uh, police and policing. Uh, the police chief process is underway, right? It is underway. Yeah. So what, are we, what kind of a timeline are we looking at, do you well, think? Well, once again, I want to make sure the public understands um, we don't get uh, – the city council doesn't get very involved in other than suggesting to the city manager the characteristics we would like to see in a new chief. But we don't get veto power. We don't. I don't want veto power. This is what we hire the city uh, staff for. This is why we have a city manager. We have a city manager form of government. And this will be a decision ultimately made by Dorothy David. But she's a wise city manager, and she's got uh, feelers out to find out what characteristics uh, would the community be looking for in a police chief. And what would be a good fit for our community? And she's got to reconcile um, differing viewpoints about what would make a good police chief. And the city did take some input from the community. Yes, Uh, we had a formal process mm -hmm. of taking in input Mm -hmm. um, and evaluating that and considering that against what we ask for in a police chief. Uh, But ultimately, it's the decision of uh, the city Mm -hmm. manager, Dorothy David, and I personally like to stay away from that or stay out of it. I don't mm-hmm. want to I don't want to put my thumb on the scale because I don't have all the information at my disposal that she does. Right. And obviously it's ultimately her uh, her decision as the city manager. Uh what were some of the various that you've heard people want 
you know, police chief? Have you well, heard, some people ask you know, for things that um, we frankly can't and won't consider, like the demographics of the police chief, the mm-hmm. race of the police chief, the gender of the police chief. Those are off limits, mm-hmm. off limits legally and off limits as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do want somebody who would be a good fit for our community, who would recognize um, and be able to adjust to the uh, culture of our community. Every community is different. The the um, the police chief that we're seeking is probably a different mix of attributes than what Cambridge, Massachusetts or Tuscaloosa, Alabama would be seeking in a police chief. So we want somebody that uh, will be a quality police chief, will uh, fit in our community well, will understand our issues and and try to lead the community forward. Speaking of uh, police again, uh, I know the last time we had you on, they were still short in the police yeah. department. Is that is still any short. hiring increased still, at all? Still or? short. Yeah. Still short. And you know what? Um, I've got some products I've ordered that are six weeks, six months back ordered. <laughs> um, if you drive by any of our local car dealerships, there are empty lots. American Airlines is grinding to a halt. Everything is still disrupted, and we still are shorthanded in the police department. And there aren't a supply of readily available individuals to fill those spots. And and it's not because we're doing something wrong. It's because that occupation has seen a – people don't necessarily want to do that work anymore. And so it's – there's a general shortage. There's people that are hitting retirement age, and are and it's difficult to keep those filled. We have authorized many more police officers than we have, and we are actively ser- uh, searching to fill those spots with qualified people who uh, will be good police officers and will accept our community's values. The other thing that's happened, too, since we last talked to you was the school, Unit 4, decided they talked about it for a while, about permanent metal, metal detectors. detectors. Yeah. Your thoughts on that, and sad that we've reached that point. Well, but, sure, and, I, and I'm not on the school board, so mm-hmm. I don't want to get out of my lane, but the school board has studied this issue, and that's what we get in a democracy. We elect our school board members, and we stand back and let them govern and let them lead without interference from uh, from those of us who aren't on the school board. My observation is that once you implement something like that, there's no turning back. There will never be a day when some school board says, today's the day we're going to take down these metal detectors. Today's the day we're going to get rid of this protection. So when the airlines started metal detectoring uh, passengers, you could look back now with his, on history and say, well, that's never going to go away. It, there's not going to be a day when we say now you can walk freely on an airplane because there almost certainly would be a disaster. There will probably never be a day when we could say, well, now you can uh, take get rid of these metal detectors. That's the reality of it. 217-356-9397. We're at 924 with uh, Champaign City Councilman Tom Bruno. Uh, Texture says, if I recall correctly, when they federalized carjackings, they dropped 90%. Is that a possible solution to crimes with guns? Is that? Well, I don't know any statistics to 
agree or refute about federalizing carjackings. I, mm. I, I just don't recall. I don't think carjackings were ever a big issue in Champaign County. Uh, but, you know, we could federalize everything mm. and operate under the assumption we want the federal government to make these decisions for our community instead of locally elected leaders. Um, but the very same people who say, well, we should federalize these crimes are sometimes the same people who say, I want the federal government to get out of my community. I want local control. I want local people to decide things like this. You know, last time, uh, often the federal government gets involved when they think a community isn't enforcing laws against violating people's civil rights. So the federal government comes in and says to a sheriff in Alabama in the 1960s, um, if you're not going to enforce these laws, we will come in and enforce them for you. We could do that in our community, but the federal government isn't necessarily any better at enforcing laws than local communities. So I, I don't know how to, what to make of that. I don't know the statistics either. Well, and that was, I think, part of the, the genius of the American way of life, that you had the federal government at a certain level, and it filtered down to the states. Then we have local governments, city government, school boards, all kind of um, what they call groups or platoons of people doing different things. And uh, that's the kind of the way it should be. Well, I, I think that's the way it should be, and, and that's been kind of the beauty of our American democracy. But what I see from both the right and the left in equal proportion is they want a cafeteria-style approach. When the federal government approach favors more to their liking, they want federal enforcement of the laws. When the local stuff uh, more aligns with their, uh, with their view, they want local stuff. And I think that's pretty equally divided between state and mm. between um, conservatives and, and liberals. And that's what we've seen really with health and the sure. health districts and yeah. vaccines and everything else. Yeah. It's well, been a mix of all of that, you know. Sure. And these issues are strongly felt. Um, you know, the, I, the Second Amendment group wants the federal Second Amendment to uh, prohibit states and cities from putting restrictions on guns. Uh, the pro-choice group wants federal policy on abortion rights to trump uh, state rights on abortion r restrictions. Mm -hmm. um, but our system was working pretty good. One of the safeguards we had for elections for a number of, well, you know, in American history, one of the safeguards was every county was adding up these votes themselves, and they were all sending them into a central place. And so there was very little opportunity for shenanigans because it was being done on such a distributed basis. And then we gathered up all these results and we added the numbers up. And that prevented things like um, shenanigans where a, a state government could say, you counted up your numbers, but we think, you all, we think all 102 counties in Illinois counted them wrong, and we want to overturn that. Uh, we've not done that in the past. All right, 217-356-9397 is our uh, number. And let's go to Eric. How are you doing, Eric? Hey, good morning, guys. Doing well. Uh, I had a, a question based on one, one thing that was just mentioned. Um, you were talking about federalizing crime, and, and it gets back to the point where, I, you know, uh, the punishment and everything of, of 
particular crimes and all that doesn't really sink into these people's head as being like a consequence. It's not something that any of them are thinking of before they're doing any of these things. You can clearly see that. It, it, a lot of people will say, you know, they don't give a, you know, blank about jail. You know, <laughs> it doesn't scare them. It doesn't, it's not a deterrent whatsoever. And sure. uh, I don't know if, Tom, if you, you've come across that kind of attitude, but that seems to be the, the thing that I, I see these days. And it, it, it kind of reminds me of back in the day, Remember the you said that scared straight program in the schools and mm-hmm. things like that, where they would yes you know bring people in and, and you know maybe it was a whole was highlighted by talking you know pretty filthy or whatever to people, but it got the point across. And I think it you know in my generation you know you know eighties or whatnot that was kind of what was done. So just I think that's kind of gone away. So I'm just wondering what you think of those sorts of things. Hmm. Well, I think thank it, you, Eric. I think you're right in that uh, there. There are reasons we have a criminal justice system. We want to deter people from committing crimes. We want to get a little bit of revenge on people who have done bad things to society, retribution. We want rehabilitation, which is trying to make that person a better citizen. And we want uh, restraint or to lock them up so they can't harm again. So among those four principles of criminal law, deterring people from committing crimes, restraining them from being able to commit additional crimes, teaching them, uh, rehabilitating them to be a better citizen, and just our general human desire for some retribution when somebody does something awful. Uh, as In that balancing act, if people are no longer afraid of the consequences, um, it, we have like the suicide bomber dilemma in the Middle East. Um, what actions do you take to deter somebody from bombing a coffee shop or a cafe if they are willing to strap uh, dynamite around their chest and walk in there and bomb it because people from a different religion are in that coffee shop? If people are willing to kill themselves or lose their life to shoot uh, somebody who disrespected them, uh, then the deterrence aspect of all of this doesn't work so well. All right, Greg, thank you for your call. We're getting towards the bottom of the hour here. We'll have a news update from CBS in a couple of minutes here. Let's go to Susan. Hi, Susan. Hi, Brian. How are you today? Good, good. Always good to hear from you on the radio. Well, thank you. I have a question for Mr. Bruno. Mm-hmm. Um, there are federal cases and state cases. There are federal crime punishments. There are state crime punishments. And it seems like there's a huge difference in those two things. Are there differences in attorneys? I mean, do, are there attorneys that have had no federal experience versus? Yes. Can you guide us on that kind of thing? My law firm regularly practices in the federal court. But there are other lawyers who, whose names you'd recognize in the community who uh, are well-known for doing state court criminal cases but don't ever go into the federal courthouse. Um, it's, uh, the rules are different. The procedures are different. Um, it's like a sportscaster who can call a football game, but he can also call a volleyball game. And he ne- needs to know the rules of both sports to be a good sportscaster calling those two different sports and the federal criminal uh, courts and the state criminal courts are side-by-side systems. One does not sit above the other. So there are many crimes that are 
very serious that have historically been prosecuted in the state courts, like almost all murders, almost all armed robberies, are matters that the state courts have handled. Um, uh, you know, drug cases are handled in both courts. Uh, child pornography often ends up in the federal courts because prosecutors defer to the federal courts because the punishment is um, so much more severe. So th some of it is forum shopping by law enforcement to find the court system that will more harshly punish the criminal. And some of that goes on. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I just wonder if the average bear who commits a crime and needs an attorney realizes that this information is really important to their defense, you know, sure. because if you get a lawyer that has no experience in the federal world and you don't know it, yeah, that well, could hurt it. And you have to be you have to be licensed to practice before the federal court. You have to be admitted to practice yeah. before the federal court. Uh, my myself and all three of uh, myself and my sons, the three of us in our law firm, are all admitted to practice in the federal court in the central district of Illinois and in other districts mm -hmm. in Illinois. I've argued cases before the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals in the Dirksen Building in downtown Chicago. Yeah. Um, but the rules are different. And if you don't understand it, the very first thing you'll do is end up using bad terminology. A guilty plea in the state court is a change of plea in the federal court. A, you know, there, there's, just, mm. uh, there's just different rules. Mm. Well, this information is valuable, I think, to the listener. Because I really think that people should understand what type of case it is and what type of attorney really needs to help it out. Yeah. Sure. You know? I, well, years ago, I represented... Thank a, you, Susan. Years ago... Do you have to go to the No, news? go ahead. You can finish. Years ago, yeah. I represented somebody who had committed an offense with improper removal of asbestos in Kankakee. And that was prosecuted on the federal level. And the wit here in Urbana... And the witnesses came in from Washington, D.C., and they were all federal employees with the EPA. And that would be a daunting task for a local state's attorney uh, to try to prove an uh, asbestos case in the Kankakee County state courts. So it would be impossible, the level of expertise. Good point. Good distinctions. Nine th I like the football, volleyball. That, yeah. that's, that's, I get that. All right, 935. Here's update from CBS. Quick break. Back with Tom Bruno. Nine thirty nine here at DWS on a penny for your thoughts on this sunny and cold Tuesday. Champaign City Councilman, local attorney Tom Bruno is with us. Got a fast hour here with Tom. We'll do some open line time in the uh, second hour. I believe we have a special caller here, Julia Reitz, on the line. Julia, Good morning. wow, I'm surrounded by Good legal. I'm, I'm surrounded by legal eagles here. <laughs> well, I I just wanted to call in first of all to thank Tom for. Everything he's been saying this morning, you know, Tom and I have been colleagues and friends for a long time. I think the city of Champaign is lucky to have him on the city council. Um, he's got a lot of 
wisdom and experience, and that's a really nice way of saying he's been around a long time. Um, but I think I wanted to just kind of jump in on this whole federal crime question, if I could, um, because I think people are looking for a solution, you know, and there are no easy answers here, right? Um, it's a very complex issue that we're all dealing with, um, this gun violence, and our federal partners are as well. Um, and federal crimes, in gun, gun violence, gun crimes are federal crimes because, as you know, Tom knows, uh, to be a federal crime, there are certain elements, and one of those is um, interstate commerce. And there is no factory that produces guns in Illinois, so any gun that's in Illinois uh, crossed state lines, and then there's a federal jurisdiction. But they are limited in what they can do, um, and we try to work with them, um, and sometimes we call them up and say, hey, will you take this case? And, you know, they've got layers of um, people that they've got to go to and uh, to get approval for things, and a lot of times they just they just can't take it. Or we can get a better result um, in the long term. And so it's, it's a complex question. It's not you know, just a, uh, a simple, well, let's send everything to the feds. They can solve the problem for us. Correct. They, they may say, no, thank you. And, you know, right. And then it's, they do. Yeah. And, and I think prosecutors correctly. So will, or law enforcement individuals will look and say, should I refer this over to the federal prosecutors? Would they have more tools to prosecute this case? Law enforcement individuals. Exactly. We do. We do that. And, you know, we try to work together with them and, um, and, and, and you, city councils, our school districts, our community members. Again, this is a very complex issue that we're dealing with. And I think, Tom, you would know also because you communicate with other um, city council members across the state and across the country that it's not just us. Oh, that's, uh, you know, that helps us analyze the problem we're dealing with is to know that we are not alone. We, it, it is a problem. It is a local problem, but we are not alone. Our, what's happening in Champaign is happening all over the United States. Yeah, and that's why we have to work together. And I, again, really appreciate the relationship that we have, that local law enforcement has with each other, and that uh, we have with our local government partners. So thank you, Tom. Sure. Very good, Julia. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. See you later. Yep. You too. Julia Reach, Champaign County State's Attorney. What was the example you were giving me about the post office? Somebody robbing a post office? Years ago, in the post offices, there'd be a decal on the door that said, armed robbery of this post office is punishable by up to 25 years in prison. But at the same time, it already was punishable by up to 30 years in the state court. But the federal government made the decals. And so they were talking about the maximum possible federal punishment for uh, robbing a post office while the state punishment was greater. All right, a couple of texts here. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. When is the city going to start enforcing the traffic laws? Many cars with expired license plates I've seen, some of them are three years expired. Cars speeding on Kirby Avenue. I had one pass me last night, well over 60 miles an hour. How many cars have no front plates, or many cars do? Does CPD still have patrol uh, during daylight hours? Well, the answer is yes, they do have patrol, but 
they have to triage uh, what they're doing and they have to sort out um, how they spend their time. And so a lot of traffic laws are getting lesser enforcement than they used to. And we all notice it. I notice it on the interstate. I notice how fast cars are driving. Everybody's stretched thin. And so if we had a traffic police, if we had a police officer sitting over the crest of a hill with a radar gun, he would immediately catch people speeding. But he wouldn't be out at the practice field next to the high school where kids might be threatening one another with guns. Or he wouldn't be responding to a call of shots fired. He'd have to get away from... So there's no excuse for it. I, I wish we could do it all. But when you're spread thin, you have to decide how are you going to use limited resources. And the caller is, is, or the commenter mm-hmm. is right that uh, lacking a front license plate has fallen by the wayside. Uh, things that used to be uh, enforced heavily have fallen by the wayside. Um, you know, uh, one urban area just recently by law said you can't use pretextual stops we used to catch a lot of crimes happening in our community by pulling over a car because its license plate light was out or it's uh, had an air freshener hanging from the rearview mirror Um, and that's how we caught people doing bad things Uh, we still do that in champaign county but some communities have said we're not going to do that because that gets disproportionately enforced Goes on to say, from what I read, they have no problem on the evening and night shifts doing a lot of DUI arrests, which is good revenue for the cities and lawyers like Tom. Um. Let me let me disabuse <laughs> that notion. Okay. A DUI arrest is an expensive event, but it doesn't produce revenue for the city. I mean, some minimal amount, but that's not what's driving it. Hmm. It takes a police officer off the street for two or three hours. Police uh, DUIs are are way down because people are being more careful and because of Uber. Uh, it's still an important thing that local law enforcement has to enforce, but it's not done to raise revenue. It costs, you know, many of these people have uh, are indigent. They're not going to be able to pay any fines. They're going to use government resources for a public defender. Uh, the police officer's time takes time. The prosecutor's mm-hmm. time. It's not a revenue maker to arrest a person with uh, for a DUI. That's not why it's done. All right, and uh, another question in regards to uh, that I had in regards to uh, license plate license plate readers. There's sure. been a lot of talk about that in both cities. I there think Urbana is. just approved it. I think. Yeah, it's uh, uh, the concept is automated license plate readers, and it's um, it's a balancing act between the law enforcement tool it might give a community against the generalized uh, pushback we've had as Americans to the government watching us or looking at us or monitoring our whereabouts. Uh, and, and so it's a complex issue. So I'm, I have always leaned towards the right to, for citizens to have privacy. But this is one where I support the license plate readers mm-hmm. because I'm balancing the need in our community to get a handle on um, on the violence that's happening in our community with the intrusion that a license plate reader uh, is on our American right to be free from government interference. So where is the city of Champaign on that right now in the the process? We we have authorized going forward with 
uh, license plate readers and um, and uh, gunshot detection systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we but it's a program with a company that some people say, oh, they're you know they're really a nasty company. They have a bad track record. You shouldn't do business with them. There are others that say, no, they've really got the technology down down fine. Um, but we're moving ahead with pursuing having those in our community. And then the next step becomes where do you put them? Well, that's, sure. That and, becomes and, a big issue. And where we put them is on arterial streets where they might matter based upon history. It's not because of who lives in those neighborhoods. If we had them, we probably would have had them on North Prospect. And nobody lives up there. But we would have had them because those are the routes that people might be driving down to flee from a shooting or to go to a shooting. We might have them on um, Mattis Avenue, Prospect, Neal. Uh, that, that's where they apparently would do the most good is to be able to look for cars that might have, might have been driving away at a high rate of speed from the scene of a crime. I read this, got a note from uh, someone here. It says the village of Mantino uh, might be worth a mention. The village in Kankakee County is offering a $100 rebate to any resident who buys and installs a camera that's pointed at a public street or alley before December 31st. Sure. Interesting idea. It, it is, <laughs> I suppose, you know. Uh, it would be a lovely community to visit. <laughs> Walk down the street picking my nose and seeing how many cameras pick it up. Uh, that'd be great. Uh, all right, let's go uh, back to the phone. Speaking of license plate readers, uh, Cindy, I think, wants to talk about that. Hi, Cindy. Hi. I just don't understand people's drama about the license plate readers. It's my understanding that if you are um, in a public place where you could be assumed publicly seen, like even Target or the parking lot, um, that somebody could pull out their phone and tape you legally because it's assumed that I'm in a public place. So sure. if your car is on a public road... What's the difference? <laughs> it it's absolutely constitutional to take for the community for the government to take pictures of cars driving down the street. The question is, do you want that? And some people think you know it's um, an in, increasing level of government surveillance. So if we had the resources and a police car pulled out after you drove out of your driveway and followed you to the grocery store and filmed you the whole way. Uh, could they do that legally? Sure. We call it a police investigation. Would you want that? Probably not. So everything else falls somewhere in between. Uh, can they do it? Sure they can. Do I want them doing it? Well, it makes me a little squeamish, but you know that's the balancing act we have. Now, the U of I already has... A lot of cameras everywhere, right? Three thousand, yeah. yeah, or On something. Campus. You know, yes, yes. Yeah. And they have if three thousand. Drive home that, yeah, that point that 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 there are cameras everywhere, and it is acceptable. And you know, people are pulling out their phones when somebody gets stopped by the police and all that stuff. They legally can. So what's sure. the big deal? <laughs> it's not like we're going to stop it. No. So anyway, that's my two cents. Yeah, the yeah. big deal I think is just, thank you, Cindy. You know, do you want your government doing that? Do you? Because mm-hmm. um, you're kind of a libertarian at yeah, heart in that regard, yeah. I mean, and by I, nature. I just like I mean. to pump the brakes a little bit and say, do we not get any more privacy? Uh, does the news get, you know, the with technology now, 
the University of Illinois could list the names of all of the ticket holders who attended the football game. They could have it on a database online. It wouldn't even have to use ink and paper. And I could look up and say, I wonder who went to the football game. The University of Illinois is kind of a state government institution. Mm -hmm. The uh, tickets all have barcodes on them. We could get that information, and I could figure that out about my neighbor. And then how many people, you know, what's the water bill of the guy down the street? There's a lot of information we could have, but we historically have said, none of your business. I want to keep my stuff private. 9.52, a quick break. Tom Bruno's with us for a few more minutes. On a penny for your thoughts, back after this. Nine fifty-five. Another four or five minutes here with uh, Councilman Tom Bruno from the City of Champaign. And let's go. Here we got a phone call and a text. All right, uh, Sean, go ahead. Hey, how's it going, Brian? How's it going, Tom? Good. Good to have you on. Okay, so I want to ask you guys a question. Um, who was the biggest influence to you as growing up as a in your family? Was the biggest influencer to you? Who was the biggest influence? Uh, growing up, probably my father. Okay. I would say so uh, parents and gr- parents and grandparents, probably. Okay. Okay. So if you're, you don't have that, now you have an alternative in today's society. And the alternative for me, and, and I've been working with community for quite a while, and what I've seen, the posts of the African-American community across this country, when you don't have that, your professor now, your influencer is the music that you listen to. And I've been screaming this to city council, city officials. Um, I really want to get to uh, the governor um, and maybe even Dick Durbin at a national level. The young people listen to this music, and I'm going to harp this for a while. I don't know if you guys listen to uh, the music of today's society. It tells young folks, this is how you handle um, conflict resolution, is to pick up a gun to kill your opposition, and all of those things. Um, These record industries are making tons of money while we're left as city government trying to put a a community back together. Um, Someone has to stand up, um, Tom, to these record industries, to these folks that come up with games like Grand Theft Auto, where you get celebrated for killing a cop. You get celebrated for killing folks in the community when you make points and you get to talk to all your buddies across the country through the internet in these games. Um, it's, it's certain artists that are out there and they get more money for saying this outlandish stuff through their lyrics to mm. break communities apart, to, to cause havoc to, to families. Yeah. And so I want to see what, what are your, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, well, I think government ought to be hands off pretty much on freedom of speech. Um, if you had the uh, Urbana City Council deciding whether or not Fox News could be shown to Urbana residents, it would probably go off the air. So I'm really skeptical about um, the government uh, putting warning labels on the content of books or or music. Uh, I hope that uh, that's not all that young people are listening to but it's it's really a dangerous path to yeah. have the government get involved but it is a big influencer oh There's sure no doubt culture influences yeah. everything we do yeah 
Hey, Sean, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, got to move on. I'm sorry. And uh, finally, says, uh, does Mr. Bruno feel he's done everything possible, everything within his power, consistently without fail for the last two years to make the community as safe as possible? Given that it appears to be quite unsafe, would he ever consider resigning due to failure of his efforts? Have a great day. Sure. <laughs> Lou says. I'm happy to answer that. No, I don't think I've done everything possible to make the city as safe as possible. If that were my goal, to make the city as safe as possible, I'd probably vote to shut down most of our arterial streets, to reduce the speed to 10 miles an hour on side streets. That would make our city safer. I'd probably require businesses to close while the sun is still out and not stay open after late. But that's not the society we want to live in. So if your only goal is to make the community as safe as possible, uh, you could. Uh, Cuba is a pretty safe place. Uh, East Germany was a safe place in the 70s and 80s. But they weren't societies I wanted to live in. Would I consider resigning? As long as you understand the methodology by which a resignation on the school board or the city council gets filled, and you can live with that, if I resign, the eight remaining people appoint somebody within 60 days to fill my spot. If you think that's going to be a law and order person, uh, you're probably mistaken. If you think that's going to be a real right wing or left wing person, it's probably not going to be either of those extremes either. Hmm. Well, yeah, you're going to be around a while. I'm not going to resign because <laughs> uh, that doesn't help our community. Right. Hey, Tom, great to have you sure. on. Always enjoy the uh, back and forth and the discussions. We'll do it again here soon. My pleasure to Thank be here. Thank you, sir. That's uh, Champaign City Councilman Tom Bruno, Urbana Attorney, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at WDWS.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. 1011 and News Talk 1400 DWS. Our thanks to Champaign City Councilman Tom Bruno for being our guest today in that first hour. Always good to hear what Tom has to say, what he thinks, and appreciate all the back and forth with him. i got several texts and emails. I'll mention some of those here and read through those and some other topics as well here as we go along this morning at 1011 in the morning. 217-356-9397 is our number. Text line is 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. Some of the other uh, stories, of course, out there. Joe Biden on the climate change uh, summit out in uh, Scotland, Glasgow, Scotland. Virginia election today, a big race for governor there. The, a lot of the prognosticators saying that this will give us a hint as to what's ahead in 2022, what the blowback is to what's been happening with the school boards in Virginia uh, in relation to everything happening there. And then, of course, uh, what is it, a referendum on Joe Biden early on in the first, uh, what, 10 months of his presidency, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll see. The uh, polls for a long time had uh, Terry McAuliffe, who's longtime operator in the De uh, Democratic National Committee, uh, friends of the Clintons, basically, for years, was a former governor. What you don't know about 
uh, governor of Virginia is you can only be elected uh, to a non-consecutive term in Virginia. I learned that living in the Commonwealth of Virginia, that uh, once you're elected, you can only serve your one term. And then basically somebody else comes in, so you get a fresh blood all the time, although in this case uh, he has been a governor before and he's running again, not for re-election this time, but as an election for a second time. And then the other uh, gentleman, Yunkin, is a Republican uh, in the state and has been doing very well, and the polls show him ahead here lately. So we'll see what happens. They'll be talking about that uh, tomorrow, I'm sure. And we'll talk about it, too, along the way. So that's been following. Joe Manchin hesitating on his support for the reconciliation bill. Did he just pop the balloon of the Biden infrastructure bills they're trying to get through? There are two of them there. One is infrastructure for the most part, at least a chunk of it. And then the second one is more uh, different spending priorities, certainly. Uh, The Supreme Court weighing in on the Texas abortion law. That uh, was going on yesterday. The 40 Under 40 article today in the News Gazette, great picture of all the folks that have been honored. The 40 Under 40, they're waving back at you as you look at the paper. That's a neat picture. Uh, U of I with a new fundraising goal of $300 million. That's in the News Gazette today and was at the uh, Rebounders Luncheon yesterday as well, as was uh, Brad Underwood. Spoke to about 300 folks there talking about the Illini uh, basketball team. And the news on uh, Kofi, he will miss the first three games of the regular season. He sold uh, some merchandise uh, of his on a uh, website or player's trunk, I think they call it. And so uh, there's a story on that in the News Gazette today. And there were stories about what they might do and when would it come down. It turns out it comes down right before the first game. And uh, part of this had to do with the fact that uh, he had declared for the NBA draft and was uh, in the NBA draft and then sold his merchandise and now is back in college. So that's where that is. And then the national uh, NIL uh, things took effect July 1. So as it turns out, it's three games. 217-356-9397. World Series resumes tonight. Atlanta with a chance to close it out again. They're up three games to two, but now they're playing in Houston. That can be a difficult place to play. Had a uh, caller near the end of the show, Sean, that called in talking about music and its influence. I heard a long time ago at uh, Liberty University, uh, it was said often out there that the two languages that young people speak are music and athletics. Those are big ones that they understand, that they're passionate about, that they follow, that can influence them one way or the other. I mean, you ask any young kid what they want to be when they grow up, A lot of them will say, I want to be a professional baseball player, or I want to play football, or uh, you'll hear, I want to be a rock and roll musician, or whatever the case may be. Those are are big influencers. One of the emails says, I can remember uh, Tipper Gore tried to bring music contents to light. She supported parental guidance stickers on music and a list of filthy 15 of songs. She and her parents... Uh, music Resource Center found objectionable was compiled. The Entertainer Prince topped the list on that particular list. Uh, another texture about the automatic cameras, the license plate readers, if you will. Why not install automatic cameras that take pictures of license plates on cars that are exceeding the speed limit? Chicago toll roads have them for non-payers on toll roads. So that was a, a text sent in. 
Um, another emailer said, we have government-mandated vaccines, but Tom Bruno is worried about license plate reading cameras might be government overreach, question mark. Really, they say, come on, man, is what uh, our listener says. Well, I'd, I've known Tom a little while now since I've been doing the show and filling in and have had him on several times. I know uh, at heart he's kind of a civil libertarian. He's very much um, where government isn't necessarily wanted. Uh, he he tends to land, I'm, from what I've learned and from what he said, tends to land on the side of the individual citizen having their privacy. But I also know that uh, the crime situation in our community has gotten so bad that um, I think he's been nudged the direction of, of you know voting for those and being in support of those based on what I've heard him say. Um, let's see here. Hello, Brian. I completely agree with the caller, Sean. Garbage in, garbage out, as the saying goes. The entertainment industry is given a blank slate to do whatever they want without consequences or limits. It's a form of domestic terrorism. And talking about Sean's point about music has been a, a big, big influence on the violence in a lot of ways. And he was asking what the government could do about that or what they should do. Uh, using the rationale uh, that was just mentioned uh, for gun cases, talking about guns not manufactured here, wouldn't that nearly make every case of any sort should be a federal case? Let's take a look at cars. They're made in all different states and transported to Illinois for use. Wouldn't that make every automobile accident for traffic infraction a federal case? Texter says, I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. But um, trying to make the comparison there between the uh, two. 217-351-5357. Could Tom bring up the possibility of Champaign residents to be on board to buy license plate readers for a location that will help them for safety? Didn't get a chance to ask him that. Another texter said, we seem to favor license plate readers, but our police have body cameras. That's a little hypocritical. I think that more has to do with the police wanting to make sure what they're doing is recorded correctly when it comes to evidence, etc. And let's see here. I, I don't know how to answer this one, and I, I didn't get a chance. We, get, we got several that came in. Uh, for criminal charges, one can go to the circuit clerk to review charges and results. Is there a website to view federal charges? Uh, it's a good question. I assume there is, but if anybody knows, you can, uh, can kind of let us know on that. Totally unrelated to any of this, how much do the Big Ten tournament rings cost that the players and the coaches got? What are they made of? Don't know what they cost. Don't know exactly what they're made of, but they look really nice. I was with Brad Underwood yesterday at the uh, rebounders lunch, and he took it off his hand and uh, let my wife and I feel how heavy it is. <laughs> it's uh, hit somebody in the face with it. Accidentally, it would hurt. Let me tell you that. It's big. But what they cost and uh, what they're made of, I have no idea. I've been fortunate enough. I've been able to get, uh, over the years, through various teams I've been on, I've got, I think, three uh, championship rings, a couple of minor league championship rings, and a, a Final Four ring from the uh, 2005 season. But don't know what they cost either. Uh, 1220 at DWS here on News Talk 1400. 93.9 FM, and let's take a break. Back with some callers here and some texts and emails in a moment.
1024 on News Talk 1400. DWS still at uh, 39 degrees, so we haven't hit 40 yet. Windchill makes it feel like 32. Good crisp November morning. Good to have you with us here on this election day across the United States in several places. Not necessarily here, but uh, of course you've got the uh, big governor's races in Virginia and New Jersey, among others. We had Tom Bruno on in the first hour. Got some News coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Tiny is with us here today. How you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. I uh, listened to you the first hour, and I've got a lot of things to talk about if you'll hang on with me. Okay. Well, give me a couple anyway. Well, you know, um, Tom Bruno is talking about federalizing things. Well, you know, if our city councils or county government our state government would handle the things and give us something we want instead of something we don't want all the time we wouldn't need to worry about the federal government that's the way this the constitution set this up the city councils would handle the the local situations and there was of course there was things the federal government had to take care of but not not what they're doing today yeah, and I, I don't think he was in favor of federalizing everything. We were just talking. No, I don't think he was either. We I know just, he was. Yeah, we were just talking about that process. So yeah, I want uh, mm-hmm. real quick, like on another subject is weather. You know, we haven't had a good snow here in thirty years, maybe forty years. I'm talking about a snow where you need to four wheel drive to get down the street. Yeah, well. we've had hot weather in the thirties. We've had mild weather later on. We've had different kinds of weather all the time. Um, we've had rains all fall. I can remember 75 years ago when I got married, the first time I had Thanksgiving with my in-laws. Where they, they had Thanksgiving dinner, and they got up from the table real quick and went to the field and combined beans, Thanksgiving. Hmm. Now, that's that's bad weather. But, uh, you know, weather's weather, and I don't think anybody's going to control it by shutting down the, the gas tanks. Yep, a lot of things you can't control, I think. <laughs> Nature would be one of them, I think. But uh, The other thing is, is I uh, wonder what, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just running out of memory. Yeah, well, that's okay. <laughs> well, it's okay with you, but well, it's not me. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you can get rid of me. Well, Goodbye. Hey, thank you, Tiny. All right, appreciate it. His memory bank ran out. Uh, 1026 at the DWS. Uh, texture says, no matter who loses the governor's race in Virginia, you can bet election fraud will be brought up. This is what happens when options besides voting in person become a thing. I don't know what the Virginia rules are. As, a, as you know, Not all the states have the same. That's one of those things that uh, I think has been a good thing all these years is not having elections federalized. You know, having one system fits all. It, uh, as Tom Bruno mentioned, you have the ones the county. Each county does it differently or they count it differently or they – I mean, I'm talking about the method of counting, the machines they use. Of course, in the technology age, we've come a long way. But um, in that regard, as far as getting votes counted and so forth. So, yeah, appreciate that. Also appreciate the folks at Ryan Dallas Real Estate. They're one of our uh, sponsors here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. And, of course, uh, they can move your home very quickly. They have the uh, guarantee offer, getting it uh, done and finished within, what, 21 days, I think, is what uh, their goal is. And they've had uh, homes they've moved. They've been on the market for one day, two days, three days. 
Sometimes that's the most they go. And they will, uh, if you're looking for a home, looking to buy a home, and you say, and this has been a thing, my wife and I walk a lot, you'll see, we'll see a home that's like, one day there's no sign there, the next day there's a sign for sale, and about two days later you'll see a sign that says sold. I was like, whoa, what happened there? That was fast. So uh, it can happen fast, and if you're trying to buy a home, it can be very frustrating, I know, because you think, gee, I just saw that, is it already gone? So if you want to get on the uh, coming soon list, you can certainly uh, learn how to do that, too, at Ryan Dallas. Ryan Dallas Real Estate, ryandallasre.com is the website to uh, go to. 217-356-9397. What are the, uh, why are the police stretched so thin? We had that question a couple of times, so we've talked about that. They've been trying to hire people. They've had ads uh, and so forth. Uh, another texture on the license plate reader says, if you're not a criminal, I doubt uh, one cares if their license is captured in order to deter crime. In other words, you don't have anything to worry about if you're not committing a crime, I guess is what they're saying. Follow the money. Dollars work to review uh, charges and results of research who promotes, manages, rights, and directs 95% of the music industry. That will answer the question if you use your common sense. All right, 1029 at uh, News Talk 1400 and uh, DWS. Coming up, of course, tomorrow night we'll have the coaches show for you from Papa Dell's Pizza Factory in Champaign. And uh, let me double-check here the guests that I just uh, got sent here recently. I know Quan Martin is one of them, and Sidney Brown is the other. Sidney Brown, great safety, had that. Terrific touchdown a couple of years ago in the in the rally against Michigan State. I'll never forget that one. And uh, Sydney and his twin brother Chase, of course, on the football team. Chase, an outstanding running back. Sydney in the secondary. Sydney Brown, Quan Martin, Coach Bielema tomorrow night at uh, Papa Dell's Pizza Factory in Champaign. And I'm just going through all the texts here, making sure that I've got uh, pretty much everything. We had a flurry of them. Oh, uh, somebody texted in and said, Tom, what's happening in Champaign is not happening all over the country. It's happening almost solely in liberal, Democratic-run cities. Well, that's pretty widespread. I know that uh, around our different communities here, uh, Decatur and Danville and others, that it has uh, been a problem. I think that was the point he was making, was that in general it's been a problem across the country especially in some of those bigger cities. 1031, we'll get a CBS News update here, Bloomberg Money Minute. Quick break, back with more phone calls, emails, and texts. Open line here today after Tom Bruno was with us in the first hour. And tomorrow we'll have predominantly open line. We will have some folks in from the CUTC, Champaign-Urbana Theater Company. We can start doing that again, uh, having those folks on. And uh, then later in the week, Mike Namoff about an event to support law enforcement. I think you'll like what you hear there. And Friday, our Illini Friday, presented by OSF. At the uh, second hour, we'll have a guest on talking about the University of Illinois and the Mayo Clinic with an alliance as we get ready to head to Minneapolis for the game with the Golden Gophers, who lead the Big Ten West, by the way. 10.31, here's Bloomberg and CBS and a break. Back with more after that.
1037 at Newstalk 1400 DWS. Not yet quite to 40 here at our location at 2101 Fox Drive as we uh, come your way on 1400 AM and 93.9 FM. Good to have you with us on a penny for your thoughts here today. Our newscast today has been brought to you by Blaine's Farm and Fleet, your ag headquarters, helping you get the job done with farm supplies and equipment, fencing, feed, and more. Wisconsin-based and family-owned since 1955. Somebody mentioned... Uh, in an email about um, gun manufacturers in Illinois. They say there is one near the Quad Cities, Rock River Arms. Uh, well, I'm sure uh, it's a small point uh, Julia was making. I'm sure unintentional in a statement like that is how uh, misinformation is created. Well, I th- I'd looked up um, Rock River Arms in the uh, Quad City area. It's owned and operated by brothers Mark and Chuck Larson, they used to work at Springfield Armory, Inc. Uh, December 2003, Rock River Arms was awarded a contract with the Drug Enforcement Administration for a minimum of 5,000 LAR-15 rifles to be purchased over five years. As a result of Rock River Arms winning the DEA contract, other federal agencies, including the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI there, and the United States Marshals have also obtained Rock River Arms weapons under piggyback contracts. So I don't I don't pretend to know exactly what all that means and what that is, but uh, I, I did look up the uh, site. 1039 here at uh, News Talk 1400 DWS. Not sure, though, you can just, if you can, and I don't know, I just don't know, if you can go to Rock River Arms and just buy a gun. I don't know if that's the case, but they do have government contracts. So if that, uh, if that helps. Anyway, uh, 1039 at uh, DWS. And back to the phones here to Jim. Good morning, Jim. Hi, Brian. Uh, Brian, you have, I got a uh, couple things there. You had two guests on. Well, actually one guest and the other called in. Tom Bruno and I, probably the only thing we would agree on is that snow is white. And uh, I've had a lot of talks with him. One was... Uh, the Black Lives Matter sign on Chester Street, and, and you can virtually stand there and throw a baseball. I can't come up with my 80s. But you can throw a baseball right down where Chris Oberheim was, uh, uh, his signs up. Now, I told uh, Tom, I said, Tom, didn't you watch the riots out there? You're going to I said, with all the Black Lives Matter flags, and then pretty soon you see a window busted out. No, I was in my house. Well, I said it was on the news that night. Well, I don't watch the news. But anyway, that's another story, but that's what I think of Tom Bruno. I mean, uh, he's worried about this sign, and that's they put that sign up so their windows don't, don't get broke. And Julia Reach bragged on... They had 18 people that was arrested for for those riots where they tore everything out. Of course, and I mentioned this before when I called in, Steve Suderman lost $50,000 and has no contact. Or the state's attorney has never contacted him or anything. They let, okay, then Julia bragged about prosecuting this one, this bitch. Well, that's a federal crime. She said, yeah, but I 
uh, you know, got him for breaking and entering and that, well, that's great. But the other part of the 18, the 17 of them were never prosecuted other than they got parole and uh, 20 hours of, 20 or 30 hours of public service, which is a joke, and $50 fine. And there was hundreds of thousands of of looting that was gone, and that 17 of those people, and I watched it. I watched it in the paper, and mm -hmm. 17 of those walk, are walking free. And her answer was, well, if you think probation is is a walk in the park, you're thinking different. Well, now, where would you rather be, walking in the park, more or less, that's what they're doing, or being behind bars? And another thing, Brian, i got to say this. If you pick up the paper and you see these kids that are shot, and they're kids, you'll see the guy that did that when they arrest him. He's got a rap sheet. He's got two or three felonies, uh, domestic battery, and stuff like that. And why is these people walking the street if Julia Reitz is doing her job? Now, it might not be her. It might be the judge. But between them two, these, these people should not be walking the street, especially on that riot. Yeah. I mean... Uh, Steve Suderman said they've done $50,000 damage. He said, you know what I got out of my insurance? $7,000. Yep. So, I mean, you know, this, this uh, look at this. Amber Oberheim stood in front of the Capitol. And if anybody didn't see that, well, I'll tell you what she said. I'm here, and I'm pleading with the lawmakers over here to make some... Uh, legislation where these people are apprehended and stay apprehended, and that was uh, not exactly her words, but words to that effect. Mm -hmm. And she said, she also said the, the guy that killed my husband had a rap sheet. He was a felony and, and domestic battery and that. And what our legislators do, which is the Democrats, because not one Republican voted for that. And they call that a criminal justice bill. Yeah. All right. And, uh, well, you know, so yeah, Brian, that's all I got. All right. So, Thank you, sir. Yep. 1043. Well, there's a lot. We've talked with Julie about all that. We've discussed it with uh, Judge Steigman and uh, how sentencing is done. We've talked with uh, attorneys. We've talked with prosecutors. We've talked with Mike McCuskey about it. It's a lot more, there's a lot more layers to it than I think, than just, you know, well, they did this and round them all up and throw, throw them in jail and throw away the key. I, there's just, it's not that simple. <laughs> so there's a lot more to it. They have to take each case at a time. Uh, Shamar Betts, of course, was uh, indicted by the feds, of course, and uh, stirring up whatever the official charges were, I don't know. But basically he stirred everything up with his, hey, gather at the mall and let's let's show our show our force, whatever it was specifically. I don't have the legal stuff in front of me for it. But uh, he did get his punishment. Each individual case, I don't. Uh, he mentioned twenty. I, I don't forget the exact number, but I know they went through each one of those and uh, worked through all that. So, and um, I think probation. I've talked to people about that too. And probation, there is a lot more to probation than people realize than just showing up at a meeting here or there. I mean, that's more complicated than that. So, anyway, we've kind of rehashed that before. But um, anyway, appreciate your thoughts. Two one seven three five one. 5357 is the text line, 217-356-9397, and you can email us, 
talk at WDWS.com. Got some uh, new words that have been added to the uh, dictionary. There used to be a Thorndike Barnhart Dictionary. I always thought that was cool. Had my last name on it. Had nothing to do with it, but I always thought that was cool. But uh, Merriam-Webster, of course, uh, is dictionary, and there's some words that have entered our language because of our current times between COVID and everything else. We'll talk about those a little bit. Take your phone calls, emails, and texts up to the top of the hour. If you miss Tom Bruno, it'll be on a podcast from the first hour at uh, WDWS.com, probably an hour or two after we're off the air here. 1046. Let's get our update from the desert. 1048, News Talk 1400, DWS. On a penny for your thoughts. Good to have you with us here today. We had Tom Bruno, the first hour, open line here in this second hour. And tomorrow morning, we will do a lot of open line. We'll also have some visitors in from the CUTC, Champaign-Urbana Theater Company. We'll do that. Uh, Thursday, Mike Namoff will uh, stop by. He's got, you know, Mike, onion guy. This is it, furniture all these years. Uh, does a lot of uh, charity events where he MCs. He and his brother uh, Johnny and uh, others on their team go around the uh, go around the country doing events. They've got a, a big one here honoring and supporting law enforcement. So we'll talk with Mike about that on uh, Thursday, and then Friday or Illini Friday next week. I'll have to look. I think we have the judge coming up, Judge Steigman. I think. Am I right? i got to double-check that. And then uh, also some other things lined up along the way. We'll have, uh, there was an honor flight, and those of you that are in the military and have served know what those are about. There was an honor flight we talked about a couple of years ago that eventually got canceled because of COVID. It was going to be an all-female honor flight, and Lieutenant Colonel Jill Henry was with us, and she's going to be back with us later this month uh, as we get to, in and around Veterans Day and talk about the honor flight. They just did that here recently with some local folks, and uh, we'll tell you about that. 1049 at DWS. Words from the dictionary now for October 2021, but added to the dictionary. Uh, TBH, an abbreviation for to be honest, frequently used in social media and text messaging. Uh, Deplatform, to remove and ban a registered user from a mass communication medium, such as a social networking or blogging website. Digital nomad is a new term added to the dictionary, someone who performs their occupation entirely over the Internet while traveling, such as a person who has no permanent fixed home address. Words from the pandemic, super spreader, that's been added an event or a location in which a significant number of people contract the same communicable disease. Uh, Long COVID, a system condition marked by the presence of symptoms such as fatigue, cough, shortness of breath, headache, or brain fog, which persists for an extended period of time, such as week or months, following a person's initial recovery from COVID-19. Words from politics, whataboutism, the act or practice of responding to an accusation of wrongdoing by claiming that an offense committed by another is similar or worse also. Votorama is from the U.S. government, 
a significantly large number of debates and votes that happen in one day on a single piece of legislation to which an unlimited number of amendments can be introduced and voted on. And words about food. Air fryer. Hmm. An airtight, usually small electrical appliance for quick cooking of foods by means of convection current circulated rapidly by a fan. 1051 at DWS. And let's take another break. Come back. They've got a phone call or two here to get to before the top of the hour. Back after this. Ten fifty four. On a penny for your thoughts. News Talk fourteen hundred ninety three nine FM. Good to have you with us all morning long. John is here near the end of the show. How you doing, John? Fine. How are you? Good. What's on your mind, sir? Well, I have two things, real quick. Uh, I think uh, for for committing a crime, they need to get tougher penalties. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this this other thing is. It's really far apart from that, but you you watch a lot of football games, Illinois football games. But every time, uh, uh, Brand is it Brandon Peters? Yes. It, every time he's back on the shotgun, I, I'm probably wrong. But when he wants the ball, he claps his hands together. And I don't know if you've noticed that he does it a lot. So you know, it's just. Uh, it gets the defense something to key off. You know, he's going to get the ball. He's going to clap his hands together, and there it comes. So. Well, well, they all anyway. they all kind of clap in a way. I mean, that's uh, yeah, yeah. That's part yeah. of the. Now, that's, sometimes they sometimes they try to throw the defense off by clapping early. Yeah. Try to throw them off cadence. Yeah, there you, you go. Know, yeah, but it jump. seems like every time he claps, he's getting the ball. Yeah. But that's just an observation, and I'll get off the line. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, sir. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. Yep. Ten fifty-five here at uh, DWS. It was Peyton Manning, right? They used to run up to the line of scrimmage and he'd talk to the line, and then he'd run back, and then he'd point, and then he'd do this and do that, and it was like, wow, snap the ball. <laughs> he got pretty uh, pretty well known for that. I don't know if you've seen the Manning brothers. They do this. Uh, is it Monday Night Football? I think Eli and Peyton sit there and uh, talk about what they're seeing and give their input, kind of a kind of like a sideline sitting in your living room reporter kind of thing. It's been interesting. 1056, the beef house in Covington, Indiana, very interesting. And a great day now. The leaves are changing. So it's even prettier drive over to the country there at the beef house. Exit 4, I-74. That's Route 63 there in Indiana. So uh, just get off there if you're headed east towards Indiana, cross the Indiana state line. Just remember they are an hour ahead. So make sure you uh, set your watch or just remember that you know it's an hour earlier than you think it is over there, and you get the hour coming back. So uh, take your uh, co-workers, take your friends to a meal at the Beef House. You'll enjoy it. A lot of great stuff to choose from on the menu. Of course, they've got the steaks and uh, everything else, and uh, pasta and seafood and chicken and uh, pork and uh, all that uh, they have. Uh, the smaller items, too. If you want just a salad, you can do that. You're, uh, you know, maybe you don't want a whole meal. You just want a salad. They've got the great salads there. And, of course, the lunch buffet where you choose your entree and choose a couple vegetables. Those are great. They change those every, you know, day or so. So you get the uh, the freshest food, great steaks. Of course, the beef house rolls come with all the meals. 
Make sure you stop by and say hi to Bob and Bonnie Wright at the Beef House in Covington, Indiana. The Illini football team made a stop over there, I understand, on their way to Purdue. So you should, too. 1058, News Talk 1400, DWS. Again, uh, tomorrow we'll have a lot of open line time on a Wednesday. We'll uh, review the election results in Virginia. That should be interesting to see what happens there and the fallout from that, what that means for the election coming up in the year ahead. And again, Mike Namoff on Thursday. 217-356-9397 is our number. Text line is 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Those lines, the uh, text and email lines are always open. You can always send something in along the way. And if we don't get to it on this day, we'll get it to it uh, on another day as we uh, work our way through the week. Got football this week against Minnesota. Golden Gophers on top of the Western Division. So the Illini playing the first place team. And basically Minnesota, really in the East and the West, the teams that are sitting at the top kind of control their own destiny when it comes to the Big Ten Championship game. And Minnesota has gone through a host, I think three now, tailbacks that have been injured along the way of the five or six they had. So they're getting down into the young ones, but they've been pretty good. Averaging 222 yards a game on the ground. So we'll have to have good run defense this week at Minnesota. Next basketball game isn't until the 9th. So we'll uh, get ready for that as well. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM. Talk to you tomorrow.